fucking antique store did you fucking pick this shit up from? Shit, dude, look at it go. You've literally just knocked over a whole display that I had to go fucking pick up. Yeah, dude, but look at it. It's it's fucking knocking shit over. Exactly, and it's it's fucking annoying. Here, I'm going to do it at 360. You just ran over a customer's foot. Who cares? That's a dude. that's a free rental, ma'am. We're sorry. I wasn't gonna rent anything anyway. Well, now she's got a free one. I just gave her a free one. Your move, creep. What is the point of this? By the way, it's a helper bot, dude. For what? So you help with what? Terrorize the, the customers and destroy the fucking the- store? Yeah, I guess it'll bring people in. Five five DR's got a big robot. You fucking anarchist, dude. You're a fucking anarchist. But you're the acting manager this week. Write his ass up. I'm fucking fascinated with this fucking robot. Mm. God damn it. So much so, I've been doing all these fucking noises while he's back in the distance moving around. <laughs> That's good fully work, in the though, porn right? room. That was good. That sounded it was, it was immersive, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but for real, Kron, um liability here, right? Just what? ran over a lady's foot. Yeah, because I gave him a gun. Now it's a problem. He has a gun? Yeah, I gave him a gun. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, yeah, dude. No. Dan, Dan, I thought that was a dick. <laughs> yeah, I get shoot. it now. I get yeah. it now. <laughs> Been watching that Tarantino vampire movie a lot, huh? Yeah, man. All right. But here's the deal. Crunt, in terms of effectiveness, your little helper robot... It's not automated. You're having to fucking control this thing, right? Yeah, it's like an early uh, M3 gun. Right, but you've now set up this Matrix-type chair, and you've got all sorts of doohickeys sticking out of you. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, quite honestly, it takes you 45 minutes to set this thing up. Some of these doohickeys are internal, by the way. Okay. But what I'm getting at is the amount of work that this robot is doing for you, you could do in 15, 30 minutes. Yeah, but this so is what like, is this is stage one, you know, okay. of like oh, okay. Okay. fully functioning, automated, self-contained. Right. What the most important question is. It's Blair Witching in the corner. We need to go <laughs> I like turn that it. guy. Oh, What's its name? Ad- let me adjust the internal sensor. See if I can get him around. What's its name? What do we call it? Uh, regular Michael Winslow up in here. Moviebot. That'll pull the people. In. Moviebot. That's all you came up with. That sounds like well, a, you that sounds like it's copyrighted. Could I recommend a movie for you? Yeah, he'll say stuff like that. Yeah, what movie? Moviebot would do you think I would enjoy? What kind of movies do you normally enjoy? I love a uh, romantic drama. Romantic drama. Do you want to see titties? <laughs> you can't. You can't ask that. Hey, MovieBot can ask that. It's a pertinent question, Dan. Okay. Yes, I would enjoy seeing some breasts. Calculating. Uh, I recommend from oh. dusk till dawn. Yes, MovieBot nailed it. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Movie, but um, can you suggest a movie to me? Computing, repeat inquiry. I like vampires. 
MovieBot recommends Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> nice. You got your wires mixed up, dude. MovieBot's two for two. Pride and Prejudice is a zombie movie. Let me adjust my armpit sensor here. Let me get him. No. Oh. shut down. down. Yeah, hey, MovieBot, go clean the fucking bathroom. How about that? Why don't you suck my dick? <laughs> oh, no. I, I think it's now feeding into Kron's subconscious. Hey, I think movie that's... Bo- MovieBot and Kron kind of got the same attitude around the store. We're not watching Lawnmower Man again. I'm We're not, not watching it. Lawnmower Man, but I got to tell you, this useless robot is making me think of a movie. Let me pop this bad boy on. That's right. MovieBot recommends Supernova this week on Five Day Rentals. Welcome to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast. I am Bones, head honcho for this week, and we are right in the climax of Direction Erection. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. What a fun category. Uh, This is a Walter Hill-specific category, highlighting one of Dan's favorite directors. Um, I threw a little curveball here, selecting something that, hey, he's credited with. He may kind dislike it. Kind of. <laughs> but I think we're going to, uh, you know, if we want to get the, the full purview of this guy's career, we got to even, we got to touch on the lowlights, right? Anyway, like I said, I'm Bones. I'm all out of whack because I did not read the intro correctly. And I'm joined as always by Laundry Dan and Cron Howard. How are you dudes? Howdy. Good. You you called this a... Climax. This feels more like the refractory period. (laughs) Yeah, this is probably uh, Walter Hill going, maybe I'll step away from Hollywood for a little bit because he kind of does, right? This is um, two years later. He's like, oh, maybe I will go on five day rentals because they just did uh, Streets of Fire and Extreme Prejudice. Oh, wait, no. No, we blew our shot. As always. And we almost had him. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, we were in talks. <laughs> they came down to the wire. We couldn't get him. I do want to, I want to do it. Uh, do you want to do what? He, no, he comes back. Yeah, he comes back two years later with Undisputed with Wesley Snipes, which I have never seen. Um, nor, nor have I. Right. So, yeah, like Kron said, we're, we're finishing up this direction erection. Walter Hill. I don't think it's the last time we'll talk a Walter Hill movie on this yeah. podcast. This category wasn't the first time. He uh, had a five-star banger with the Warriors. Dan, you kicked us off this category, like you said, of Streets of Fire. Kron, you brought us one of your... It's a magical story of, I came across the Blu-ray. I mm-hmm. bought it. And I love it. Yeah. We could just say extreme probably prejudice. one of my favorite movies. Why not? Oh, that's awesome. Great. Yeah. And what do you think about Supernova? <laughs> uh, it's hard to think anything of a movie that you forget immediately after the credits mm-hmm. roll. 
I shouldn't have uh, watched this on Monday. I did watch again last night. Um, I'll let the oh. viewers in on a little secret. I am riddled with poison ivy. Um, I should be bedridden. It's that bad. I'm pretty, uh, what's the term? High right now to try to get through it. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, I did my rewatch yesterday. I got to tell you, there was a lot of stuff that I picked up on and I did notes on my first watch. So I did have to go back and like fill stuff in like, shit, I was doing notes and I still didn't even catch that. So I think, um, I think truthfully you should be on actual medicine though. I don't know what they gave you. Heroin is medicine. Buying Hazen from a guy on the corner. (laughs) I I don't even know if it's a real drug, dude. What do you think, like, what type of drug is Hazen? Do you think it's a pill, a powder? I don't. There were so many times that I wrote down, like, a little world building could have helped this movie. Mm Because they mention it probably conservatively 12 times in the film. Never describe what it looks like, what it does to you. Like, what are some of your favorite, like, future drug? Like, I think we've talked about this before, like, the names of them, you know, Nuke from RoboCop 2, but, like, the way that you ingest the drug, I think, is always interesting in future movies. You know, it's a vial, it's an eye drop, it's a little inhaler thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Minority Report that it's, like, a little inhaler? Like, an early vape thing? Yeah, you gotta, like, push it and then suck it yeah. in. Pitch Black has a good drug, too, that um, I always forget that actor's name. I just want to call him Red, red-headed guy from Goodwill Hunting and Paparazzi. Uh, Matt Damon. No, Matt. No, what was his name? Oh, fucking Paparazzi, Robin Tooney. She's making a return. Yeah. What was her? Christine New York? Yeah, she was, Christine, uh, she was Christ in New York. <laughs> In the end only, of days. The only one with that name. Mm-hmm. Well, we know where she ended that up. That we saw them go to. They, through exposition, tell us that they had visited other Christine Yorks. I think it sure. says just a narcotic. That's what I was reading. Also, um, just when I was pulling up the letterboxed rating and I was making the grid for later... Um. It says that the hospital ship's called Nova 17, and I don't recall that in the movie. I just recall it as Nightingale. Um, Do they say, it just night- says emergency oh, medical rescue vessel Nightingale? Medical ship Nightingale 229. Yeah, okay, make your fucking mind up. <laughs> and then even like the, the mining operation is on Titan 37, but Palm 2366 or something. So, like, okay. I'm sure at some point there were pages of the script where it was called Nova 19 or something. Yeah. But Titan 37 is a moon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. was, which was ejected from its original solar system and is now a rogue body, but slowly being pulled into a blue giant. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which I. I texted you guys earlier in the week. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, because like I said, been maintaining a particular uh, level of cognitive function. Um, 
I used to do this early on in the podcast where I would talk about like, how do you fix this movie, right? And then mm-hmm. I, I think I, as our episodes got longer and Sorry, I think listeners. just running the gamut of stuff and realizing like making a movie is hard. We do rate our movies and we have a giant list, but in no way am I, I do I want to be super negative to any of these movies minus Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, the next generation or the new one? Both of them. Okay. Put them, put them. In, fair enough. Like any of the Hinkle stinkers. <laughs> we don't have time. Do not have time. Uh, anyway, but this is definitely one where I kind of want to knock through plot as much as possible. Like, oh, is that Kron's uh, next category? <laughs> the Hinkle stinkers. A, a Hinkle yeah. stinkle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Glad you reminded him of it. All right. So, Dan, let's try something new. I'm sure you did your due diligence and did some research on this. Can we talk a little bit about the making of this movie and the clusterfuck that it was before we jump in? They so Yeah, they yeah sh- let's do it. They should have just made the making of this movie and released that as the movie. I think it would be more entertaining than... A real heart Super of darkness. Nova. Yeah. Heart of darkness is great. Um, there's a really good documentary about the making of the island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, I've never seen that one. The movie I've, or the doc? I've, I've seen the movie. I just haven't seen it. Oh, the, the doc. doc's great, man. Uh, Richard, what's his name? Richard something. He came Link back letter. and did. No. Um, uh, Don. Out of space. Been making this documentary for 20 years. Has, has anybody seen Color Out of Space? I've started it like four times. I have it on a list. Me and Chad wouldn't see Penny Smasher wouldn't seen that. That's right. Richard Stanley. Anyway, Dan, Stutter, let's get into into the Stuttering history. Stanley. <laughs> no, he's a he's a smoker, Australian outback hat wearing leather duster. Looking dude. Good day. <laughs> I thought he had a stutter. No, that's don't, 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 don't. All right, Dan, we got three directors credited on this thing, right? Technically, yes. We have, do you want to know them? Sure. I, we I have bet one of them is Walter Hill. Mr. Walter, Walter Hill. We have uh, the legend himself, Francis Ford Coppola, and another guy called Jack Schroeder. Now, if if I recall correctly, Schroeder was the original director, left. They brought in Walter Hill. He changed a lot of the script, which pissed off the executive who liked the script. Yeah, the that executive was... Very tied to the script for some reason for this yeah. movie. They somewhat wrapped the film. Well, they slashed a, slashed the budget slashed by the budget. half. Um, well, when Hill when Hill came in, he had roughly two weeks to do all of his rewrites, which were yeah. like most of the script. So yeah, he thought he was going to have like a month, month and a half to get everything in order to get it away from. Being alien. 
Okay, so you bring up an interesting thing. Walter Hill is, you know, one of the credited people with the Alien franchise. So he was concerned with it being too much of an alien ripoff. Yes. I think that might have been detrimental to the movie in a way. If you're if you're thinking that the whole time, you know. Um so he he gets his budget cut, he gets rushed. The actors are miserable because they're changing stuff day of. I think I told you guys about that Lou Diamond Phillips interview I watched. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of rap. Studio wants to do a uh, test screening. Walter Hill says, I have effects that aren't even fucking done. People are going to hate it. Sure enough, test audiences hate it. They decide, okay, we'll give you a million dollars to reshoot some stuff. And Walter Hill says, no, I need five million. And they say, not going to happen. And he says, well, then I'm not coming back. Then they bring in this Jack guy for a little bit. We can note that Walter Hill is pretty right on his estimated amounts for his movies that he usually does. He's usually pretty, I I know what I need and this is what I need. So that's been proven time and time with his past movies. Okay. That he, he can call a shot basically. Yes. Okay. I thought you were saying like, he's pretty good about coming in under budget, you know? He like, says if it's if it's going to be seven point five million, it's usually right at that. Okay. Studios like no, it's five. Ended up being seven point five. So okay. So then Coppola comes in because he is a board member of MGM, mm-hmm. and they give him a million dollars to try to save the film. And from what I understand, his main contribution is a CGI sex scene. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. He used well. We'll get there whenever we get okay. It's a plot. I would imagine they like left him alone for a month, and then when they knocked on the door, <laughs> that's yep. all he, he's like. Here it is. Once they cracked the seal on the door, yeah. yeah well, it was like when they opened the elevator in The Shining. <laughs> all right. Any other? I mean, I think we just got to get into it. We we laid the groundwork for this crazy I mean, thing. I mean, I'm going to say you had Walter Hill and then you had Francis Ford Coppola walk out like, yeah, dude, it's not your directors. So <laughs> it's Francis I, Ford Coppola. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, just. Reading the ending budget number for this movie, <laughs> at any point they well, – I guess I'll – I mean, I saw an estimate of up to $90 million for this thing. I honestly think like if you want to fix this, at some point somebody should have said, this project is scrapped and we're starting mm-hmm. a different one. I Let's feel pull, like – Pull a Batgirl on the shit and just yeah. write it off. Yeah, I feel like this whole thing was like we're just going to keep sinking money into it until it works and it never <laughs> – got there so i do what's that bones i was gonna say i think i read that james spader is the one that pushed for walter hill that's the only reason he stayed on really yeah and then vincent dirofno was also attached but he had loyalty to jack shoulder he was like well he brought me in if he's not doing it i'm backing out so who was who would dirofno have played I guess Spader's character, I believe. Well, no, they were both in it. 
Oh, they were both. Yeah, it? It was I supposed to be was, both of them. Yeah, I thought it was Donofano first. Maybe the bad. Oh, guy. he was originally cast as a computer tech, but when uh, Jeffrey Wright, the Australian director, was originally attached to direct. Oh, okay. So it wasn't Jack Shoulder. It was Jeffrey Wright. Okay. Jeffrey Wright did two months of principal photography. And then left because of created differences. He wanted to do the entire film in zero gravity, and MGM said no. <laughs> yeah, that would have cost them $85 million. <laughs> Donofano walked out. James Spader was cast as lead. Okay. I mean, it is great. Like, this, this thing's an hour and a half at 90 mil. Titanic is 200 mil at three hours. <laughs> I mean- mm-hmm. They were like on that budget pace, <laughs> and this is what you get out of it. It's insane. I do want to hand out an award to Bones, because going back through Five Day Reynolds history, I think this is our first full-on in-space movie that we have did on the show. Wow. <laughs> Which is fucking insane to me. Yeah. Because I was like, wait a minute. Like, we haven't done anything with space. I don't think. I, I guess we've done space adjacent. You know, we've done aliens or uh, doll yeah, it's man always is technically from Dark it's always Angel. always on Earth. Yeah. It's always on Earth, though. Yeah. Hey, I mean, there's an opening sequence in Doll Man where he's on his little planet. So didn't the robot jocks like fly up to? Like, I think they space? flew up into the atmosphere or some shit. Yeah, it's, they, a little bit. it's been a while. It, one of them flies into space to like, I don't know, pile drive the other one into a crater on Earth. But yeah, right. I was, I was we'll really surprised that with that. We'll do a space category. I love space. I love space so much. I'm ready to talk about supernova. Two thousand. <laughs> Fellas, this movie's available on Prime. That's where I watched it. Apparently, Dan started watching on Tubi. I went to Prime after that, and it looked so much better on Prime. <laughs> Say that. Yeah, I was getting six commercials every 20 minutes. I was like, Jesus. Um, Prime has this rated at PG-13. I think every everywhere does. It okay. Is. Fucking wild, man. You get a yeah, good amount of, of breasts. There's a lot of boobs and butts in this movie mm-hmm. for PG-13. I mean, violence, pretty tame. No no swearing or anything that really stood out to me. So, nah, not really. I mean, All right. maybe it was like, if they, got, if they can get Ford Coppola to come in, like, did they just lean on the fucking ratings board to be like, we have to get as much money out of this thing as possible. Like mm-hmm. slap PG thirteen on it and leave yeah. the boobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never really see boobs in sex, right? It's always boobs in a clinical. It's like when they're getting ready to hop in their pods. You know. Yeah. So maybe somebody played that argument. Like Titanic's got great Boob. boobs, but it's it's art. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it was. All right. Fade in. Space. See a nebula or some shit. We got a ship. 
the emergency medical rescue vessel known as Nightingale. It's the vastness of space, fellas. Sweetie, the computer AI, she wakes Benjamin. This AI is running a test because it's horny and wants to play chess. Benjamin's confused. This isn't in your programming. Been there. <laughs> Cut to some steamy space sex. We got Lou Diamond Phillips and Robin Tooney. Juxtapose yeah. this with some ping pong and some cartoons. You guys like doing a- the anti-gravity sex? Nah. Where are you getting your thrust from? Oh, dude, I'm... You just got to watch out afterwards. Yeah, I can play through zero gravity. I do zero zero gravity. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. I mean, just to... I mean, she's got her legs up. You come in, just... (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. Oh, I missed. Maybe you get a little jetpack or something that'll... Like the thrusters kick on and off. You get a little portable fan, you... Like a little fanny pack that's got a little, little, little butane lighter in there. Mm-hmm. A little bit of yes. Shooting Something off like at intervals. Yeah. Maintenance little, intervals. little dial on the side so you can speed mm-hmm. it up or down. So you've got, uh, you've got uh, sexy, steamy, and pile driver? Mm-hmm. Okay. But don't hit pile driver. It'll shoot you into the atmosphere and <laughs> back down to earth. So the cartoons we were seeing, uh, over this we see our captain, played by Robert Forrester. He's uh, working on his anthropology dissertation and discussing the fascination with uh, um, us primitive humans and our love of violent cartoons. Yeah. I think they talk about how, like, all this stuff was banned at some point, but, like, Tom and Jerry's pretty tame by today's standards. I mean... I can't imagine well, a bunch of people getting up in arms about Tom and Jerry cartoons. Well, wasn't it something about the violence towards the animals wasn't seen as violence towards humans? And that prompted like those characters to take off in a way? I don't know. Wasn't was there something to that? Okay. Fading out of this movie by okay. this point. <laughs> Our co-pilot, Van Zant, James Spader. Now, Kron. I think your love of John Lithgow, I think my equal to that is James Spader. Like in terms of coolness, fascination, just love whatever they bring. Mm -hmm. You know, not always in my favorite movies or whatever, but I will definitely watch a movie because he's in it and love everything that he brings. And it's such a bummer that this movie does not justify the magic he's bringing. I started a Jack's back one day, and that seemed pretty cool. Oh man, how far did you get into it? Uh, I don't know, maybe like forty-five minutes or so. Like, oh, uh, so you got to the twist? Yeah. Damn, you I seen fell it? asleep. Oh man, Where, I it, think yeah, it's it was like coming. twenty minutes it's coming. in. And then Tough yeah. Turf for sure is on our five-star banger list. He's floating in a meditation tube, which is, I guess, a sex meditation pod that just hangs off the side of the ship for people to chill in zero G. Just and, a rec room, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And the computer starts giving us some exposition about him. Age 32, released from Hazen Rehab. Six months. Pilot's license restored. Work probation. Deep space rescue and recovery. Reflex quotient, 1.5. Stress limit, minus four. 
we got to work on those numbers, Nick. I don't know. I mean, if stress limit minus four, is that like a handicap of four? Or does that mean like zero is baseline and he's next? Like, oh, I mean, I th- yeah, I thought it was pretty like, cool to me throughout the movie. I don't know. I thought you had to aim for zero, I guess. And then like plus or minus on each side was like lower or higher stress or yeah. something. I don't know. So then here's a first big issue. He's been on the ship for some time, but now he's getting a physical from the doctor on the ship, played by Angela Bassett. Her name's uh, Dr. Kayla Evers. Yeah, Angela, flirty back and forth. Angela Bassett passed up on Monster's Ball to do this movie. God damn it. <laughs> we see this robot from the 20th century that's creeping around the lab. He's dressed like a World War One fighter pilot. Fly boy. Turns out the captain is a... You know, he's a history buff, anthropology buff. So as a joke, they dress this guy up as a World War One pilot. Helps out around the ship. Um, the robot looks all fucked up anyway, though. It, it's like it's all herky-jerky. Wobbly. Doesn't yeah. seem like something you would want uh, in a medical application. It was originally supposed to be an actual robot, but budget cuts. They were just like, oh, let's dress a guy up. <laughs> Or just cut the fucking robot. I mean, I guess the whole. To be be fair, you got to have the robot for the resolution, I guess. Yeah, but you could have had a a fucking trash can with googly eyes on it, and it would have worked about as well Mm -hmm. as this thing does. So, yeah, they could have hired me for Foley and been fine. Mm -hmm. All right. Evers is given a little crew rundown, months of nothing, and then panic. Or that's that's the general vibe of this place, right? Like this deep deep space rescue, they get bored, right? They they've got nothing to do, and then they'll have, uh, you know, a shit rescue, and then it goes back to being bored again. Which I think, having been an EMS, I can relate to. It seems like somebody did their sort of research on that. She basically hints like people are gonna fuck. I was going to say, she wants to- kind of mirrors that shitty ass, like the Thang movie from the 80s. Yeah, that wow. sucks. Like, Nobody should talk about that movie. Nah. Uh, we'll reference that later, Dan. Yeah. Uh, but she wants to know why Nick's out here. He says, I like deep space. It's quiet. She prescribes him some Zircon, a happy drug. She says, Hazen's a tough drug, uh, tough drug. But Nick argues that he's clean now. If you say so. I mean- who knows mm-hmm. what Hazen does? <laughs> Why the fuck wouldn't you want to be on Hazen if you were in this situation? Yeah, I'd be fucking high as a kite. Because his reflexes are at a fucking <sighs> 1.5 and his stress limit's a negative four. Yeah. He's got to get those numbers up, dude. Why He's would you? Fucked up, Dan. <laughs> if I got a negative four stress, stress level, I'm doing good. That's what I was thinking. but It's negative. I think what Kron was saying is that that's probably bad. No. Yeah, like anything away from zero seems yeah. like the wrong You're score. adding pluses, bro. That's more stress. That's plus, what I was originally plus, thinking. Plus. Dan like, makes a good point. Yeah. If I'm negative, I'm like, oh, hey, shit. Let's watch movies. Cool as cucumber. Sweetie is ruining a game of gin between Benjamin and, and Nick. Benjamin uh, admits that he's tampered with Sweetie's programming, but uh, a little back and forth, Nick says, I'm, I'm not going to turn you in. Fucking AI, man. This Nick, scene is crazy. Yeah. This, th- 
they're just playing cards and out of nowhere, he's like, oh, hey, by the way, I tampered with the computer. Like, don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you say that? I mean. Well, he even says, and I don't think you're going to tell anybody. And then Sweetie says, based on Nick's bio scan, I think there's a 90% chance he will tell on you. And Nick's like, I'm not going to tell on you. So this to me is like, okay, what scene did we have that we can put between the physical and him then going right back to Dr. Evers? Because after this gin game, he sits back down with her. She says, oh, the Zircon's working. And he says, hey, I'm just following orders. You told me to get to know everybody and be nice. That's what I'm doing. She goes on about not being a fan of Hazen. She knows what it does to people. Um, it's more of a type H mind altering escape. And sounds cool to me. Yeah. You start to get the hint that Nick's kind of into to Evers. And then what he does is he pulls out his prescription and he says, they're all fucking there. Like, I think that was his way of saying, I was doing this without the use of your drugs. Like, I don't need drugs. Baby, you are my drug. My reflex quotient is bullshit. My stress limit is good. Computers suck. Do you guys think alert? So? Negative four, bitch. Alert. Emergency distress signal received. What were we gonna say, Cron? Oh, do you think someone should have said I'm blazing hazen in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I should. Missed that opportunity. Should, that should have been a bumper sticker <laughs> on the yeah. back of the. On the That's back our new T-shirt. Shit. All right. Emergency distress signal is received. All crews to stations. Bridge, check. Medical, check. Everybody reports. Lou Diamond Phillips has a funny thing about, oh, my God, I forgot what I'm doing. I don't know my job. What is this? You know, this I don't understand. The captain has to go, I guess, into the guts of the ship and connect some wires like fucking Estevez at the beginning of Mission Impossible. Like, you'd think he'd be on the bridge, but. Yes. Well, is that like how the ship normally operates? It seems like such a terrible design. Like an old school like phone operator thing, and he's hanging off the side of this thing. So Nick and Benjamin, they're on the 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 bridge. So they got an SOS. It's five days old. Uh, it's not dispatch. This thing is a direct call, and the origin is from uh, Pole Six Eight Two Two Titan Three Seven. Mining operation. It's way past a colony outpost. Computer says that this moon was ejected from its previous orbit. It's now classified as a rogue body. Gravitational why, instability. Why are we always mining shit on other planets? Because people need fucking cell phones every six months, Dan. Mm-hmm. So capitalism is so strong. It's still in, I think this takes place in like 2127 or some shit. Yeah. It hasn't yeah. killed the Earth yet. Oh, oh Earth's I mean, fucked up, dude, at this point. Earth's fucked. Yeah, but it's like, those are basically just like free resources. Who gives a shit if something lives out there? I mean, yeah, it's just stuff on other planets that you can harvest. They said that back in the day, too. That's just, but that, I mean, you bring that up. I mean, a, so much of science fiction has that shit in it, right? Fucking Blade well, it's Runner. Always They're designed a to mining mines. Operation. They, yeah. But that's just that's just innate into the human fucking story of like well, pillaging just, resources. Like, can't we just how we like, maintain? Oh, we're just looking around and our ship broke down. Like, fucking Avatar is about mining shit. I'm I'm not trying to enslave these people or take the shit that doesn't belong to me. Dune, 
It's mm-hmm. all about. Oh, you can get high as fucking Dune. Hell yeah. Let's... Yeah, man. Give me that spice. Fuck yeah, that man. haze and I want that spice. All man, right. I got, I got them blue eyes already, baby. I'm high as shit. Titan 37 is, is subject to gravitational instability. It's been five years since the re- last reported mining operation. Now, all of this information is intercut with flashes to a mining operation. We got dudes in suits, shafts, and elevators. Some dudes uncovering some glowing thing. The distance to the distress call is 3,432 light years. Did you guys watch that video that I sent of Marjorie Taylor Greene forgetting how to (laughs) read a number? Yeah. (laughs) Giving up halfway and just saying, it's over a million. They're going to have to jump. So, like we said, Captain Captain Marley is down in some fucking engineering tube silo or whatever and decides that uh, if we're going to do this, I want proper authority before risking a jump. I want an actual name. I don't just want some bullshit. So, they check the records and they say that the distress call comes from a Carl James Larson. We see Evers say, Carl... Carl Larson. Back at the mine, we see some purple glowy thing being uncovered. Some dudes standing around it. Captain gives the order to plot the course. The dimension drive is fully charged. The crews begin to uh, prepare for the jump, and this means getting naked in front of each other. Yeah, why do you classic have to sci-fi be thing? Naked to get into the hyper jump pod. You don't want your clothes to genetically bond with you, I guess. Didn't he say something about having sex during it or something? Yes. I think he so, said it boosts your sex drive. His research says that D-jump uh, enhances your sexual endurance. And he says this directly to Lou Diamond Phillips and Robert Tooney, who everybody knows is fucking. So. A, a D-jump is whenever you hold it and you just jump onto the bed. D-jump. Uh, you take... You take a running start, you jump fully into the air, and you land on your boner. Oh, see, I thought the D-jump was you're fully hard, right? You hold it up to your chest, and then you let it spring, and it hits the mattress, and that pops you up. Like it's a dump. Yeah. Ba-dump. Right? If you could just figure out how to do that midair, you could just keep climbing. Yeah, you can double D-jump. Yeah. (laughs) Get to the top of the level where you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie so, yes. looks like it should be on the fucking sci-fi channel. Yes. Yeah. This movie looks bad. And it costs this, $90 million to look the, like this. The camera is never still. Um, <laughs> no, it is To not. call these Dutch angles is an offense to that uh, fucking to, country. To Dutch people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so blue that you would think Michael Mann- had something to do with it. Oh, if if ever I'm going to say this would make Michael Mann sick, <laughs> yeah, this my, is the fucking movie. He's Michael rolling Mann in his grave. Might take offense to that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, getting ready for this requires you to get naked. Now, here's the thing. Six members on this ship, right? It's kind of like our show. We have That's what it requires to get ready. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is fucking animal warfare out here, dude. Well, Bones keeps telling me he's going to show me how to de-jump. And- yeah, I'll show you the break. Okay. 
I'm already naked, so I'd appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I just need a set. Hey, you're the quick draw boner guy. I've been it, here it for It takes two me years. a little bit to get, get, get enough blood in this bad boy. All right. Uh, I just want to point this out. They have six pods, right? But they mm-hmm. are a medical ship. Doesn't that seem like There's poor not planning? a lot of people in space. I mean, <laughs> but, yeah, what but if, I guess what if you bring even one back, yes, you don't have so, a pod for them. <laughs> it's space. That's, that's I mean, my point. There should be 12 pods, right? You're going to die. Be, okay. So as they're prepping for this, Benjamin tries to um, scare Robert, Robin Tooney and Yerzy. That's uh, Lou Diamond Phillips' character. He tells some dumbass story about two guys getting in a pod and then uh, meshing together. And then at the end of the jump, they came out. They were 14 feet long with a head on each end. And one of them said, and they both say, are we there yet? It's not funny. Um, two minutes to dimension jump activation. It would have at least been a better visual effect for $8 million than anything we get in this film. Yeah. So so the captain, he runs over to Evers, and he orders her to use his pod, and he's going to use number four. She starts to question. He says, no time to explain. I'll fill you in later. Crews get in their units. They're all sealed. But the captain, he gets a red light on his pod. Plasma acceleration. We got flashes, snippets of what's coming. An alternate dimension panic. Who knows? It looks fucking awful. Deceleration. I would say that like the tech on board the ship, this it doesn't look like it would even be able to travel through space. No. The it's like some of the equipment that they have on there. They show Spader at one of the bridge computers at one point, and I was like, "This fucking looks like it's six hundred classic white buttons." I was like, "This is there's nothing futuristic about this." No, um, (laughs) and it's such a bummer, and that's why I wondered if a lot of that cinematography was trying to cover up. Sort of the cheapness or the blandness of <laughs> so you can't see it. of the, of the ship, yeah. Because like uh, the Makes fun sense. in this should be like I, you know, you guys aren't into Event Horizon as much as I am, but like the fucking set design of Event Horizon is like interesting. It's not fucking remotely practical, right? Um, but I, I don't know that that should be. Uh, that should be a character. The ship in a sci-fi movie should be a character, and this doesn't. It's just bland, and you have yeah. no real sense of of geography of the ship. People are going up and down ladders and shit. Yeah. The doors are all different. They dock from underneath, but they're always there, like, at the same level. Like, or just- they have metal cages in the cargo area. I don't, like... <laughs> I mean, even just some understanding... Machine. Of like, yeah, how the ship is laid out, how it functions. Like, I mean, you don't need to go into a ton of detail on that stuff, yeah. but it's just like the Hazen thing. Like, you don't know how any of it works or what its purpose is. Yeah, but you also have $90 million. Deceleration and the pods open. Yerzy's the first out. He seems okay. Benjamin tries to pull a quick jump scare on him. They could have made a short film called Burning $1 million in a Bucket that would have been a better film than this. 
and it would have cost one ninetieth of the budget. This is a director's erection. We had a five five day rentals it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Our captain is all thinged out, man. He's all gross. He's fused to the inside of his pod. He's Which like looks cool, in- but you can't see it. You can't see it. Yeah, and it's it it literally looks like he's inside out. Which is and, which is kind of cool. And what's with her? Like, is she stitching him up through the fucking glass? I, I, like, I don't know what she's supposed to do. And I have a, a thing with the so she she is the ship's doctor. And earlier, when we see Nick come to chat with her, she is like on an iPad watching a tr- an instructional video about her laser <laughs> thing, which I thought was kind of. So was that cut out? Like, was this new tech that that she wasn't familiar with or what? Or like, like you were saying, what is she trying to do? So everybody kind of jumps into action. It seems like that thing is like a laser scalpel. And I guess if you were a doctor that didn't know how to use a scalpel, it'd be pretty, that's pretty bad, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how is she not cutting the glass or whatever it is? It was just a dry erase marker, and she was drawing, like, black eye and, like, a fucking mustache on him and shit. Like a dick and shit on his face. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So, when they – there's two things that happen here. So, the medical team is trying to save the captain, and Nick heads to the bridge, starts to prime the engines, because it turns out that Titan 37 is now being pulled in by a giant – or a blue giant. A sun with 10 times the gravita- gravitational pull of our sun. So he and Benjamin are trying to figure out how to uh, correct the course. They're arguing with Sweetie. She's like, hey, uh, oh, because they also got hit by some debris. Lose a bunch of fuel. And, and the D drive be needs to charge before they can jump. Incinerated in 17 hours and 12 minutes. Oh, Twelve well, minutes. that's after they get out of the way of the moon, though, because oh, they they're yeah, they're getting pulled into the moon and they're going to burn up in the atmosphere or they're going to crash. OK, so I he's like got the, the 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has to go to manual. He uses the docking thrusters to at least push out of the gravitational pull of Titan 37. He then puts the docking thrusters on an interval to keep them in orbit while the D drive has to charge, like you were saying, Dan, it's going to take huh. 17 hours. They, basically, they have an 11 minute window from the time they get sucked into the blue giant to be able to activate the D drive. How does out. the computer not? Because the computer is like, there's no alternative that will like not end in catastrophe. Like, there's no plan of action. And then he's instantly like, turn the computer off. I'll hit the thrusters for 10 seconds and. Like, we're good to go, so. Sweetie sucks, bro. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think, if anything, maybe if she came in and started to challenge him, and he's like, I'm going to activate docking thrusters, and then she said, you'll run out of fuel, you'll only be able to, like, if she's plotting X moves ahead, mm-hmm. and and that could have even been stuff to build his character of, like, I got to do stuff now, we'll think about the future later. Um but I agree with you. Yeah, she says like no option is even worth attempting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
All right. So while this is happening, the captain's pod is opening and it's going to fall forward. And the motion of the ship that Nick is putting it through to try to get it out of from fucking free fall into the planet or into the moon. Yerzy's trying to like fucking put in his pin code to lock the fucking pod, but he can't get it to maintain. Evers is in the front just shooting her laser scalpel into the forehead of the the captain. Not sure what it's almost like she's trying to like unfuse him from the pod, I guess. Yeah, that I guess that's what I thought. Like trying to get him off the glass, basically. Yeah. So Forrester then starts to say, fucking kill me. And Robin Tooney is like, don't kill him. Don't kill him. And Evers is like, she's obviously wondering what she should do. I think she's she's tasked with like, do I fucking let this guy out of his misery or what? But it, we don't really know. Let me go back because, to YouTube here. Shit. Yeah. The fucking. Yeah. Get my iPad. Yeah. I need to fucking troubleshoot yeah. this laser I better, scalpel. I better ask Jeeves what to do in this situation. <laughs> There is no Jeeves here. It's nothing but sweetie. Yeah. But it I doesn't believe, matter because- I believe the third director changed the AI's name to sweetie. That was one of the changes he made. Cool. I was originally named Thunder. <laughs> oh, man. I wish- Thunder might have helped. Thunder would have been <laughs> badass. All right. Captain fucking dies because the fucking pod eventually fucking falls open- and the glass and he just shatter on the floor. Uh, Evers just says, ah, fuck this, clean this mess up, and takes off, heads to the bridge. All right, so Sweetie turns back on, and turns out their fuel loss is 82%. The dimension drive needs to recharge so they can escape the solar pool. 17 hours, one minute to charge, time to solar incineration. 17 minutes, or excuse me, 17 hours, 12 minutes. Nick orders maintenance thrust to stay in space and tells Benjamin to start communications. Evers comes up. She tells Nick that the uh, captain's dead. Their hailing continues, but they get no answer from the planet. Nick brings Evers some pear brandy. So again, with this weird editing. So they are in a fucking panic here. They have 17 hours for this thing to charge. I guess everybody's kind of resting, right? Because they're exhausted from the fucking hypersleep. I don't know. No reason so, to rush yourself to get to that distress call. Yeah. Uh, so with this, Yerzy shows up with this with the pear brandy. Evers gives in. They hook up. He uh, he asks her, you know, how do they get the fucking pear inside there? She tells him, well, you know what? They put the bottle around the pear while it grows on the tree. Pretty uh, pretty smart lady, that ever. She didn't know how to use a laser scalpel, but uh, she knows so, about pear um, brandy. There's this guy directed a movie called The Godfather mm-hmm. and The Godfather Part 2, Apocalypse Now. He took Toonie... And Lou Diamond Phillips, mm-hmm. those bodies, mm-hmm. and just put the faces of these two on their bodies, Spader and Bassett. Oh, I thought it was might have been Peter Facinelli's body. It looks like Facinelli. Is it? 
I think it. I think it's him because when the camera goes over, when you get to the back, it looks like the back of of Peter's head. It's like just enough spader, which means they color corrected (laughs) a skin tone. Yes, which is not okay. Um, (laughs) I had to read that twice. So so they they bone in, in the zero G pod, basically. I like the little. It's like very '90s, like sexy R&B music. That it's like just a little beat that like starts mm-hmm. to play when the sex scene starts. Yurzi presents Danica with some child permission papers to so say, you know, it's oh, in the future. Thought that was going somewhere else for a second. They they drop some little hints about hey, two fine non-engineered humans like us, we ought to get approved. While this is going on, Benjamin, he figures oh, out that the- there, there's like a whole thing where she says, what if only one of us gets approved? And it's like, how does the government even operate? Like, you would have to approve two people to have a kid. I mean. Yeah, but maybe not them together. Maybe they're saying you can have one, but we don't want Yerzy to be a father or something. Well, I don't do know. they pick who you bang then? Because, I mean, it seems like if they gave- like me one the person who i sleep with all the time that's who i'd make it with i mean unless they say you get matched up with number three five two four it's like i mean you're taking the date though right like you're gonna go see who three five two four i'm gonna i'm gonna check out the dossier sure yeah yeah let me see the stats yeah but i it could be something that's like, oh, we're going to do genetic tests on Yerzy and genetic tests on Robin. And, hey, we like what Robin has to offer, but Yerzy, you have a tendency for blah, blah, blah. Nope, you're not a prime candidate for child. Like, I, I, I don't know. Well, then do you have to raise the kid with the other? Like, I don't know, man. It It's such a it dumb is. scene. Just do every weekend, every other weekend, man. Well, yeah. I mean, that's not fair to 3524 if you make a... <laughs> Like you knock her up and then you just bail, right? Well, this is the future. Like, I mean, three, yeah, five, two, four could be a dude. That's what I mean. I mean, if they hook you up with someone else, like this is 21, 23. I, I mean, we got jumping blue giants. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Space, baby. Anything's possible. I, I, Kron, I think you're right. I think the what if only one of us gets approved thing. <laughs> Is is kind of dumb. I think it's futuristic enough to say like, hey, here's an application mm-hmm. for us to do it. And she could have said something like, but what if we're not a what if we're not an approved match or yeah. something? You know what I mean? Like um, it's three, five, two, four is my fucking cousin. Yeah, Com- but you compatible. Can, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. you're fine. That's enough separation. <laughs> Wait, first or second? Obviously, you'll get along. Her stress readings balance yours. You're a negative four. She's a plus two. All right. Benjamin is able to figure out that the captain knew about the faulty pod prior to the jump. And that was why he made ever switch with him. He didn't want to live through this movie. (laughs) 
Hey, uh, Walter, I just want to fucking watch watch cartoons, man. Hey, Walter, I know you got this lady dying on page uh, 30, but <laughs> I was thinking we could. Why don't we flip that? I'm hot <laughs> off Jackie Brown here. Mm-hmm. Let's get hey, one of those Wal- rewrites going. Hey, Walter, is this really going to kill me? <laughs> just asking. All right. All crew report to the bridge. Nick fills in the rest. Uh, now that you've all had some rest, he says. They're low on fuel. They have enough for docking thrusters to keep their ship afloat while the dimension drive recharges. Yerzy kind of challenges that shit, like 11 minute window. And Nick's like, hey, I've I fucking survived worse. Okay, like we'll make it income so, shuttle from the lunar service. Well, it's so crazy how just like quick James Spader is like captain. Like, yeah. Like, there's which no is, discussion at which all between the other crew members. Totally connected to my, what my first change in this story would be. And it would be that you give them a rescue operation before this one. That you open on, uh, you don't just open with them hanging out. You open with them about to do a mission or mid-mission. And you you set up the dynamics of the people. You set up the confliction between... Nick being the outsider and all of that right off the bat. You see everybody being capable at their jobs. You see the captain, blah, blah, blah. You get some exposition between Evers and the captain about Nick. You get a layout of the ship. You Yes, you get a layout of the ship. They save somebody. It's good. You get a little bit of a break. Then you basically get that, that lull that the movie opens with. And then you go into this thing. And you give them something of like... Oh, we don't always have to jump. We got to, we did something, you know, closer or whatever. And they just finished up and now then they have to jump again. And so you set up the the negativity from every like Yerzy and a few other people questioning Nick because maybe he made a brash decision in that first rescue or something, you know? Cuz there's so little action in the movie. I think it would be awesome to see like him flying the shuttle and saving somebody or you know just just get a little bit of a punch in the beginning and then maybe you cut to the shit that's on the moon that's going on instead of that inner cut and then come back um i think that's my main first change i'm a little worried that your fix seems to add like 30 to 35 minutes to the movie (laughs) And fucking worst $40 million, apparently, by their current ratio. Also, isn't... I mean, is Nick, like... He's, like, co-pilot, right? Yeah, but he would he would be... He would be captain. Yeah, so I guess, like, just by, like, de facto, as soon as the main captain dies, it, like, would shift to him anyway, because they're still mm-hmm. on a vessel, so... When it, it it would like automatically go to the next pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Karan, you don't have an ex drug addict that takes over for you at like work when you're not there. I'm just saying, if if I was on you know a boat and the co pilot was a drug addict, I would still trust him over me piloting <laughs> the vessel. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, dude, we got like fucking fucking wake up. But it's such an that's such an easy fix though that there's a a quick conversation with Evers and the captain like who is this guy what is he getting us in into and he's like you don't know his record you don't know who he was before this like 
he's a guy that I would want blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you would want him in my chair if the chips were down or some shit. You know what I mean? Like fucking give some foreshadowing that captain's not going to make it. Do whatever. Like, you know, set him up. Yeah. All right. So they no more finish their debrief and they get uh, alerted that a shuttle from the lunar lunar surface is approaching the Nightingale. Sweetie tells them that there's a fire on board the emergency vessel. It's heading in too fast. There'll be an impact when it docks. Medical crew gets ready. Ship docks. One body on the ship. It bursts in. It's Peter Fancanelli. Fashionelli. I forget how you fucking pronounce his name. Dude from Can't Hardly Wait. Put a shirt on, gay. Yeah. But whenever sees him, she says, this isn't Carl. She passes that information on to Nick. They're doing a med scan. He's got some growth on his bone structure. It's like they're strengthening themselves. Adamantium. Doctor says, <laughs> uh, no treatment deemed necessary. We're going to keep him under observation. And this is where we start uh, Danica's fucking fascination with this bone structure. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nick oh, is questioning He Evers. just lays it on. Like fucking mayonnaise with okay. this girl. That's like, another, big, another big fix with this is right out the gate, the guy's a fucking creep, right? Like nobody would, would believe anything this guy's fucking uh, saying. If I look like that, I'd- I don't know. I don't know if it's a casting say choice what I wanted. or a script choice, but he, you got to change it and make him much cooler- and not in like a fucking James Dean cool, like he thinks he's doing, like uh, dumb, nice, I'm just a blah, blah, blah. Like you got to let that, those layers sort of chip off. But immediately he's just like, oh shit, my dick's out. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking. No, it's just a scavenger. Pfft, whatever. I think my fix here is show the hog. I mean, <laughs> just show the audience. <laughs> Get that hog on screen. I mean, you couldn't couldn't tell from her reaction. You couldn't tell from her reaction. Uh, Well, how am I supposed to know what they look like in the future? Okay, spoiler (laughs) alert. The the object, uh, the the purple object is making him younger. Do you think it also, like, increases your hog? That's exactly what I'm asking. I mean, if it makes it younger... Isn't it making it smaller? Uh, but I think the youngerness was just like, like increasing your testosterone or something. Like it was taking you back to a more virile age. I don't know. Think about it. You got a better heart, a bigger hog, and you. But you still maintain all that experience that you've earned. I'm not sure which. You'd be unstoppable. Director. Three, five, two, four. <laughs> I guess originally they were supposed to find some alien artifacts and bring them back to Earth in one of the one of the scripts. I guess you don't need that shit. I, I'm totally fine with the fucking uh, the entity or whatever that they find. I don't think it's that dumb of I think it's a cool concept in it being like a life life ending grenade in a way or something like a booby trap possibly or a life beginning grenade mm-hmm. 
I just think it's crazy that James Spader in the future for MCU will pretty much play the same character as our villain here as Ultron, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of. James Spader is the voice of Ultron yeah. in the second Avengers movie. Okay. You Pool of the so. week. You you seen Age of Ultron, Kron, didn't you? No. Age of Old Kron? No. no. I shot that in my backyard. All right. <laughs> Nick, seven hours. Nick is questioning Evers as to why <laughs> this was that. a direct call for help. What does she know? She thinks this might be Carl Lar- uh, Larson's son or something. She says that I saw a picture of his kid once. Slight resemblance. She used now, did, to be with did Carl. She have, okay, I was going to say, like, yeah. didn't she have something with Carl? She was with Carl. They had a rough relationship. She couldn't, couldn't get pregnant. When they broke up, she joined Transoma, which is the medical company, to get away from him. And this is also where Nick figures out, oh, Carl was the Hazen addict that she hinted at. Larson is up and walking around in the buff. So he I scares a Danica buddy. a little bit. She checks out the hog. Hey. He introduces himself as Troy. Now, see, if you had to get naked for work every day, wouldn't you be used to just, you'd see hogs and tits all the time. But not I mean, this hog. Yeah, this I must do. be a good hog. It's a new hog, baby. That's why New hog in town. That's why they should have shown ho- it up there on the big screen. They only have five pods, but they have six bodies. Nick says, I'll stay behind in the shuttle. You send another rescue ship when you guys get back little bit of an argument. He says, don't make me fucking play the captain card. She does. He says, fine. That's an order. Evers is doing a little physical on Troy. Dude, I'd be about taking the- so much advantage of that. I go, yeah. That's an that's order. A, that's an order? Yeah. And that's the problem, Dan. Yeah, I'd be fired within the first two hours. You can't be fired if you're the captain. They'd... Have to commit some kind of mutiny to. You got a point there, Karan. But all they got to do is say, "Look at me, I'm the captain now," and then they're the captain, and then it doesn't end because then you're like, "No, look at me, I'm the captain now," and then you won't get anything done. No, it ends eventually end because I'll outsmart them, and I'm Tom Hanks. You have to yell, "Look at me, I'm the captain," and then you shoot the other guy before he can. Mm -hmm. I've seen that movie, but I don't remember how it ends. Captain Phillips? Yeah. It ends with his physical that is like fucking harrowing. Remember he, that? Oh, he del- yeah, he's like crying and shit. Yeah. But he, no, I don't like know a, how he, he gets out of the situation. He delivers the FedEx package, finally. Yeah, that's right. With the volleyball? Yeah, and then he yells no. at Matt Damon and he says, earn this. Well, what? When is he with Tom Sizemore? And then he cries at the That's World War II. at the gravesite yeah. of his his girlfriend. <laughs> and then he fights a volcano. Oh no! It's it's the great it's the gravesite of uh, of Wilson. Oh. Set up. Well, that's where Fiddle, he signs. Uh, that's where he signs the mighty mighty Boston's. No, it was the O'Neaters. <laughs> Is that their name? And that, that thing you do? Yeah. <laughs> I think they should remake that with the Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. That'd be their opening night. <laughs> Sing the song, Cron. 
Oh shit! What's the mighty? I what, what was their big hit? Uh, it's the impression, the impression that, that I get. Never had to. I never knocked on. Oh no 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 no! I know someone who has. Go. That's the impression that I get. Didn't they have a dude that just danced on stage? Probably. Yeah. Why not? There, there was like 20 members of that mm-hmm. group. Never had to, to knock, on, knock wood, on wood. But I know someone, I know someone who, who has. That's the which makes me wonder that if I should. Which makes me wonder if I ever had to, to knock, knock on wood. Now, this brings in the Evanescence question. Can we name another Mighty Mighty I don't know. If I see them on Sunday, I'll fucking text you guys the set list. Are you going? I don't know. There's still a lot of seats left. You think the Boston's are coming out? (laughs) (laughs) I thought they had one. I can't. I can't. I don't know. Are you thinking of Squirrel Nut Zipper too? Because I think they <laughs> well, were. I'm right I'm in. rolling. I'm rolling like Cherry Pop and Daddy's Squirrel Nut Zippers and like Real Big Fish. Real Big oh, Fish. Yeah. yeah. What a what a carefree time in America, man. <laughs> Fucking nine eleven just ruined it. Yeah, you think about the the end of ska is where the country really started to mm-hmm. have a downturn. We don't need Jesus back in schools. We need ska back in mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, get a get yeah. Let's eight, eight kids together, hand out guitars and trombones, and dude, let's go. write that fucking School of Rock meets Dangerous Minds mashup where a former, like, the lead singer of the Mighty Mighty Bostones has to take a job teaching in the inner city, <laughs> and he teaches these kids how to ska. What would we we wouldn't call it dangerous minds? <laughs> it'll it'll come to us. <laughs> All right. So Evers is doing a little physical on Troy. She asks about the distress call. She asks about the name that he used, Carl Larson. He says, Yeah, that was my dad. He died three years ago. Said that if I was ever in trouble, I should look for you. Use his name. Then he starts telling some bullshit story about how my dad really regretted how things ended with you. He would talk about it all the time. Nick it's comes in. the only in. thing he regretted. Yep. Nick comes in. Uh, Spader's doing good work in this movie, despite it being shit. Uh, he's, like I said before, he's he's too good for the movie. I couldn't tell him apart. The camera was moving too much. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Troy says, I know what you're going to ask. I was scavenging. You'd be surprised by what the government leaves behind. Me and a group of other uh, scavengers went down. They turned on me. They stranded me. He asked him again, why did you use Carl's name? I've been using it since my dad died. Troy says that there is fuel on the moon. Nick says he wants to go check it out. Also wants to see if there's any other survivors. And he orders Sweetie to give him some intel uh, on the mining operation because if there's somebody down there ready to jump him, he wants whatever fucking intel he can get. Uh, and just before this, though, he tells Nick, or he tells Yerzy that he wants him to scan the shuttle. And Yerzy plays the, I'm a medical technician, why don't you get the fucking Benji dude to do it or have the fucking robot do it. 
And Nick yeah. basically says, like, because I want you to do it. Like, I don't want the shitty robot to do it. I want you to look and see what pops out to you. Yeah, that robot looks like it can't open a door. So I don't no. know why he's bringing <laughs> that shit up. His name is Flyboy, guys. That's his name, Flyboy. No, stupid robot. <laughs> Troy is putting the moves on Danica again. And uh, he's doing this with some sexy beard maintenance. Which he's trimming up his four-day scruff, I guess, with some scissors. And yours, yeah, he it, gets a little shot. or He's sneaking up on him. He's getting a little jealous. At the end of the movie, it looks longer than what he cut it. Well, he's only he's cutting like, off like a, one day, like a millimeter of growth. Well, he, yeah, he's just snipping like the the little stragglers, you know, the ones that are growing, you know, at three times the speed. Um. But, I mean, he, he did penetrate that purple orb, I guess, so maybe his hair does grow faster. Hair on his head doesn't seem to be growing, but whatever. So, Yerzy getting jealous at those two, so he's like, fuck it, I'll go scan the shuttle. We got a good midriff. I don't think he's got pubes. I mean, I've seen that V. So. Oh, he's waxing. Yeah. Just another reason to show the hog on screen. I mean. So, I thought the... The scan that Yerzy does on the ship is kind of cool. It's like a pulse blast, like radar thing that he kind of shoots, and it'll kind of show like an X-ray of of the boxes. And the first few scans don't really show much, but then he sees uh, one particular crate, some purple glow coming from it when he opens it. Yerzy calls Prince, in the Nick. Is that you? You better get down here. Yerzy fucking touches this thing. Some medical training. Uh, something otherworldly starts moaning and panting as he strokes this thing. Then he penetrates it and he smiles. I would never. Nick comes in. I would never go to space. space and if I all, did. Space is awesome. I would never touch anything. Like, no. Well, yeah. Don't take off your helmet. Don't touch anything. Oh, I'd be penetrating as soon as I got out there, dude. <laughs> Kron is uh, the high life. He's the fucking <laughs> world ender. Mm-hmm. And no, nobody's ever fucked this pile of goo before. <laughs> First one in, baby. You get sloppy seconds, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one tiny fuck for man. <laughs> <laughs> one giant load for Kron Howard. Uh, he's showing this thing off to Nick. Whatever it is, it's the most amazing thing any of us is ever going to see. Yerzy, you fucked this thing. It doesn't look that impressive to me. It looks like... (laughs) It looks like a key fob for my wife's Honda. Like it... (laughs) Yeah, I was like... "Mm." Yeah, yeah, but it, that's but it glows. I mean, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. what an what an effect! What a special effect they had. So they cut to them uh, talking to Troy, confronting him about it. He says, "Of course, I didn't tell you about it." Um, Evers uses fucking Flyboy. Dan. Oh, you got you guys didn't penetrate it, did you? <laughs> that's fine. We're in an open relationship. I mean, just just a tip. Yeah. So she uses the robot to uh, handle the object, remove it from the shuttle, 
put it into fly, the cargo hold. Flyboy? I said Flyboy earlier and you didn't react. So now I'm okay. saying fucking robot again. <laughs> God damn it. You ante up. I call it. You don't answer. Fuck off. He Shitty has robot. a name. And in Fight Club, his name is Flyboy. That's Troy starts well, to tell another BS story. By those rules, he'll only get the name whenever he explodes in space, so. Cron, so, Diablo spoiler alert. For this or Fight Club? <laughs> no one's going to watch this movie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we should put a disclaimer. Don't I, think if, I think if it starts trending, they should pay us. No. I, I think people should watch this movie. It's a bad movie, but I think it's a fun 90-minute watch. Dan, I think not, it's a fun 90 million watch. I mean, 90 minute. We're not going to see a dime from MGM until they recoup their additional $83 million. So <laughs> charge us for doing this movie. Yeah. They got a ways <laughs> to go before this one gets into the black. They made it back when they sold to Amazon. That's probably a clause. It's a fucking write off for <laughs> Bezos. So, yeah. Well, Supernova's why we're selling this, so you can have it, Amazon. Finally, so my, the research video for my space program has come in. <laughs> that's that's he's why trying I to took find that purple. first. Yeah, <laughs> he's hunting for that. Purple this is just orb. a copy of Supernova. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, Troy tells another BS story about his partners leaving him before he found the treasure. And he offers the crew 5% of the haul. Yours, he says, this is it. Primary contact. This is not man-made. Nick doesn't give a shit. Danica says, like, maybe it's just an alien sex toy. I mean, like, this chick is just... Just hard horny. up, bro. Horny. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, and she molded with like another. Yeah. Did she? Did she fuse with another lady in End of Days? No, that was the never mom said and the daughter. mother and the daughter. Okay, <laughs> yeah. That Didn't was she. That was ha- after he punched through what's his name's head. That uh, uh, okay, actor. Yeah, that's right. And then fucked the mom and the daughter, and then they fused together, and then she dreamed herself. Like they became her. It's a good movie. Check out End of Days. That's a Bones picks pick as well. Yeah. Got a Robin Tooney thing. Yeah. I I like uh, fun movies. That's my thing. I like movies that uh, don't perform well on the podcast. I've seen the numbers. Thanks, <laughs> listener. All right. So uh, Nick doesn't give a shit. He wants to blow this thing out of the airlock once they, they get out into deep space. Troy tries to challenge him. Nick pulls captain mode, informs him uh, of the risk of taking this thing back. Nick's not buying any of it, but this whole thing is sketchy. He's going to go down to the planet for answers. And guys, we're going to go to the toilets to evacuate some pee. Well, welcome back. We're we're deep, deep in the fucking gravitational pull of a blue giant just outside of Titan 37, an abandoned mining operation. We have a purple horny orb on our planet or on our ship now. We've got uh, we're we're minus a captain, 
but we've got Nick Van Zant filling in. We got uh, a, a sketchy scavenger hunter slash treasure hunter on our ship walking around with his hog out. Nice. We got an equally horny AI system who just wants to play chess. That's right. We're talking supernova. Let's get back into it, dudes. So Nick lands on Titan 37. It's a pretty rough landing. But he's smart enough to drop a uh, an emergency rescue vessel on the Nightingale. Troy uh, successfully charms Danica. Says, you keep thinking about sex. You want a baby. But he is, the, is he the one? Is yours he the right one? How will you know? Why don't you fuck me? And if you feel bad about it, then you know you like him. If you feel good about it, you know you shouldn't fucking have a baby with some dude. It's the mind games with this guy. Yep. The only real sin is regret. So Danica's like, what the fuck? How do you know this? Like, how do you know that I'm like super horny for you and shit? And he's like, well, it's hard to explain, but like, I kind of just know what people want now. They go to Bone Town. We cut to Yerzy. He can't stay away from this fucking object. He inputs a 42 character pin number. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking opens up the containment room, goes in, starts to fucking fondle it again down on titan 37 nick fucking free falls in this elevator basically i don't know how many meters down it was i think she even says uh sweet even tells him hell of a ride years he starts getting it on with the object a little bit more and this is where we actually see troy and danica floating out in the uh, sex pod do you think you would want a designated sex pod like on the ship. As long as it had it like a self clean, I think. Oh yeah. Uh, you as just long, vent it, let it. As long as it didn't have any kind of self clean mechanism. <laughs> I I will say that the spacesuits in this movie look fucking cool. Like what Spader's wearing when he goes. It does have a practicality to it, I think. Um it's kind of hard to tell later on, though. Like, he's got like a Bioshock thing going. Like, what? Yeah, when they're fighting. Like the imp- yeah, the implements that he has on the thing, on the suit. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right, S- sweetie completes her analysis uh, on the object. There's a presence of extra-dimensional isotopic matter, ninth-dimensional matter. Evers asked for fucking. More information, but Sweetie says, it's too complicated for human language. We can explain it via math, but you're dumbass. You don't even know how to use a laser scalpel. You won't understand this shit. It's omnidimensional. Spontaneous creation of three-dimensional matter. It's a bomb, Ever says. Yeah, but with the essential elements for life. Seems like it kind of... Like, it, it can't make life better, but it'll, like, rewrite over the life that exists with a better form. Yeah. So, like I don't it'll fami- wipe out what exists, but build something better on top of it. That's 
That's the impression I got from trying to watch this. That's the impression that I got. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. Um, are you guys familiar with the Genesis? Not the band. <laughs> um, Terminator? No. In Star Trek. Uh, uh, no. Okay. Through basically, so Wrath of Khan. There is this thing that's a program that they're working on called Genesis, which is you take a dying planet. I think you talked about this. I probably one time for, for okay. the last 15 years. <laughs> Did you get that email he sent the other But night? it's good shit. And it's this is very similar to that, where this thing seems to be basically a new Big Bang, right? Without saying the Big Bang, that's what this thing is talking about. Basically, you know, uh, contains all this essential elements, but will expand and blow out and, and potentially create new things. Genesis, they would shoot onto a planet and it would, and it would create life and it would change the genetic blah, blah, blah stuff. So that's all I kept thinking about with this. Um, but what Evers figures out is like, this is the highest, this is like a high level Darwinian, like evolutionary step like whoever created this did it it's it's basically like a evolutionary landmine right if if another species got the ability to travel find this thing and take it back to their home planet this thing would fucking explode and wipe out that species and create another one in its place and or what she says she says uh Whoever they are, they're as smart as God and a lot le- a lot less nice. So, like you were saying, Kron, it's not like it would enhance everybody on the planet. You know, it's not like a bomb that gives everybody genetic strength or perfection. It just completely obliterates everything and might even, I don't know, replace it with more of its species or something. Mm-hmm. You know. So... Danica, now full of regret and Troy jizz, finds Yerzy in the purple <laughs> embrace of the object. Um, but Yerzy, he's been de-aged a little bit. And he had some gray in his, in his hair, but his shit's wiped out. And he's showing off by doing some handstand push-ups. Evers is like, we got to fucking scan this dude. He's yeah. growing muscle mass. He's hey, like, yeah, f- I can do that shit in that. zero Gs, too. Yeah. It's not that impressive. <laughs> Yeah. Are you doing that shit like in a in a pool? Oh, this is so cool. Up until you get a bunch of fucking bleach water in your nose. Mm-hmm. Bunch of bunch of uh like six year olds piss and <laughs> bleach in your eye. Do they legit have like the chemical now that marks when somebody pees? Is that real? I hope not. Yeah, same. I don't think so. I I mean, maybe it does exist, but I'm sure somebody would sue or some shit. Like, you embarrassed my child or my husband. I feel like you'd see a lot more (laughs) TikTok videos of that, right? Like, Like, look at this kid. He's pissing the pool. Like, yeah. All right. Yours, he's feeling pretty good. He's not just stronger. He's getting younger. We see Nick down on Titan 37. He's still dicking around. 
finds a bunch of bodies that are frozen on the moon, tries to make contact with the ship, but there's a signal block. What do you know? Troy's fucking hanging in the same spot that the captain was earlier. He knows the ins and outs. He knows where the the true the the true control center is like in the guts of this thing. And he contacts Nick, starts fucking toying with him. He admits to killing his crew and they couldn't handle it. Nick says, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of fuel down here. Troy says, yeah, and uh, looks like I left open the uh, the connection, so now I can control all the shit down there from up here. Yeah, that's, oh. it's all kind of lame, though. It's just like I can shut doors and, I don't know, yeah. turn, turn the can, heat up a I few I can degrees. turn this crane <laughs> and I can activate this drill. And I want to run your electric bill up, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. One of the um, behind the scenes, like video essays that I watched on this, um, this was one of the ladder director's editions. He added this whole thing to add some action and suspense in this. Um, Schroeder. <laughs> uh, he, Troy's going on about how you took my girl. Uh, he turns on all this mining equipment. You got arms and cranes crashing down. Nick barely escapes. Some drill starts up, chases him through a tunnel. Troy calls Nick out as a, a, a hazen addict. Um, Nick has to run across this like long bridge that connects to the the dock where the ship is. But uh, Troy takes fucking command of the ship, puts it into autopilot, flies it off the fucking moon. Oh, not before trying to burn Nick up with the thrusters of the thing, which Nick manages to survive. I mean, he could have just stood where he was. He like kind of dives to get out of the way of the flames, but he still his suit still protects him. Anyway, uh, hey, then Troy, that, you get that adrenaline pumping. Yeah, <laughs> Troy programs the thing to just go on an infinite loop out into fucking outer space, and Danica comes in and she's like, "What the fuck?" Uh, Troy's like, "Well, uh, here, you fucking try to help him," and rips out the module like the joystick or whatever and throws it at her. Not the joystick. Yeah. Uh, Danica throws it back at him, hits him with it. He's like, I wish you wouldn't have done that. She spits on his face. I wish, really wish you wouldn't have done that either. He fucking tosses her up straight up. You spit on my face earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. Zero G, though, dude. So it just floats right by You've seen a Portuguese man of war just float in the ocean. Oh, you said you were going to take it on your face. Decided not to last minute. <clears throat> Fucking zero G. Hey, babe, uh, your your hair conditioner spilt in the in the tub. <laughs> that's what that was. I knocked it over and I thought I cleaned it all up, but that's what it was. Sorry. You might want to wait like 15. Yeah. Use your Pantene, Pantene Pro-V. Sorry. No, it's expensive. But that's what it was. What's my dildo doing floating around in here? Oh, uh, it's got out of the bag. Oh, I was, uh, I was trying to um, plug the drain so I could take a, uh, a, a bath. bath. <laughs> 
Why is there a Sylvester Stallone playgirl? Your, your dildo has balls on it, so I didn't get a good seal. <laughs> what you need is one of those like suction cup dildos, right? You could probably stick that on there, and that'd be a good yeah, right over the top train of the tree. Stop. Yep, and then you got a nice grip to pull it off. Or just in case you get too soapy, you can get yourself up a little easier. <laughs> You yeah, you fucking it pull it, you slide it. Yeah, like yeah. you're fucking ice climbing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, they should make fucking dual purpose fucking uh, ADA compliant dildos, you know, that fucking help old people get off and get out of their tub. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Need How's to- this supposed to help me? You don't need to install a costly upright tub. <laughs> you could just buy two dildos. Well, it's cheaper. Well, the pink one is. The realistic one's a little more expensive. Yeah, and that's, isn't that <laughs> fucked up, man? I get the tie-dye one for nineteen ninety nine, but a flesh color is twenty four ninety nine. That doesn't make no sense. All right. So he kills Danica by throwing her up into an airlock, hitting a button. She shoots up. Yeah, this is about the death I wanted about this time, yeah. Yeah, he needed something. Sweetie tells Evers that uh, Troy's identity can't be confirmed. So they're, I don't know, using his genes or some shit. They're trying to connect to their main database cloud, whatever, to get some information on him. (laughs) That dude ain't wearing jeans. You know that. <laughs> Yerzy's standing outside the containment room just longing to fuck his toy. <laughs> and Troy comes in. He's like, eh, well, they changed the code on you. Let me uh, let me try. And he just fucking uses some badass punch power. Like he makes his hand like more bony or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> like all like all the tendons grow yeah. eight times their normal size. Punches the shit out of this thing, and Yerzy's like, oh, man, how'd you fucking do that? And Troy's like, eh, I don't think you're ready for it. And just fucking taunts him and knocks the shit out of him. He starts to taunt him about Danica. Um, pretty much takes every hit that Yerzy throws at him. Troy eventually smashes him in the skull. And then, uh, you know what? Shoots him out into space, too. Why not? Troy Easy. finds... Troy finds Evers and Benjamin comes in with some like space spear gun or some shit and confronts him. Uh, And then what I like about this is Troy starts to taunt him and Benjamin doesn't even wait, just fucking shoots him, (laughs) launches him into the fucking side of the ship. Troy screaming, Ben and Evers take off. Uh, Troy manages to fucking pull himself loose. Uh, this was cool here. Ben says something about like in a badass contest, you would definitely win. Like he's telling Evers, like you're definitely more tough than I am. So because of that, I'm going to take the gun. And she tries to give him this, the laser scalpel. And he's like, no, you're better at that than me. So, which means Benji must be pretty bad because as we know, Evers is pretty bad with it. So hey, you, you watch the YouTube instructional video. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. All right. Um, so, Flyboy 
jump scares. Um, uh, uh, who does he scare? Is it Benjamin that he scares or Troy? I think it's Troy. Okay. He, yeah. And then he pushes him out of the way and then Benjamin comes into the room and that's when Benjamin shoots him right in the head. Uh, takes bullet right to the dome. He's fine. Yeah. This, he throws Ben. The spear hurts him, but getting shot directly in the face does nothing. Well, that, he got shot in soft tissue, you know. <laughs> As we know, his bone structure is is enhanced. Whatever. And at this point, God Troy is starting to no kind sense. of fucking what is morph. This movie? Uh, all right. Troy throws Ben into some some room. Ben locks the door. Uh, at this point, Ben then starts to scream at Sweetie, and he's like, I need you to do something for me. I'll do anything for you, Benjamin. <laughs> so he tries to kind of logic twist Sweetie by basically saying, I need you to exhaust all the atmosphere in the area outside of this room. And I've Sweetie already says, exhausted all of my talk into you jerking off while I was talking. Mm-hmm. So, Sweetie's saying, I can't cause any harm to anybody. I can't kill anybody. That's against my primary programming. And Benjamin says, well, you have already altered your primary programming. Remember when you woke me up to play chess? That's not in your programming. Yeah. Play chess. Mm Mm-hmm. So, eventually this kind of works. And Sweetie is about to do it. But she requires a second confirmation from Benjamin. Unfortunately... By this point, Troy's able to get into the room, and he kills Ben. Isn't the first confirmation passcode, I love you? <laughs> I think so, yeah. He programmed that. And, like He wanted a scenario where he had to scream, I love you, to his computer. Mm-hmm. So what would? what's the second command, then? There's no AIDS in space. Okay. I'm dropping loads. <laughs> dropping fucking loads. That was a my so-called life joke. There's no AIDS in space. Didn't he have like? Wasn't he the guy that got AIDS in Jared Leto? My so-called life. No, he was in Benjamin. Was in my so-called life, like the TV show. I didn't watch that shit. I was you watching watch Thunder in Paradise and fucking Viper and. I'll wait till we get to our review on my so-called life. I think he was the guy that had AIDS in, in that show. I could be totally wrong. Join the Discord and let me Look know it if up. I am. Look it up while I'm, I fucking grind through this thing. All right. So, Evers calls down to Nick, or is trying to, but Troy shows up. You still don't recognize me. It's me. It's Carl. Which, by the way, Amazon Prime ruins for you because uh, in the x-ray thing, it has fucking... Peter Fanginelli as Carl. I thought it was kind of lame. Troy's face, like we, I was saying earlier, is like all monstered out. Like his cheekbones and his skull got some prosthetic thing going on. I guess this is, I guess his bone growth just amped up. Like he can physically alter himself, like at will alter himself. Um, like smashes it. up against Kayla. Um, but uh, she tries to reach for her laser scalpel. He stops her. He's going on. I'm. St- it's still me, okay? Calcium, iron, zinc. It's all there. It's all stardust. It's all poetic and shit. Stars die so we can live, and we die so stars can be reborn. 
we hear Nick on the comm. He's coming. Remember Whoa. that little secret <laughs> transport ship that he dropped off before he before he landed? You're on a ship with no D drive and no fuel. You're not thinking, Carl. This gives Kayla enough time to hit Troy in the eye with that uh, a laser blast from the scalpel. You're she gets sh- away. You're on a ship with no Ram K. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> Evers commands Sweetie to prepare for automatic docking procedures. This way Nick can uh, can dock. Troy grabs one of those space spear guns. He shoots at Nick when the doors open, but it was a ruse. Some other suit, some dead body. This allows Nick to come in on the next pass. Quick quick fight here. Uh, so Nick is in his spacesuit still. It's got some fucking giant extrication like gear on it. Uh, like a jaws of life on one hand and some cutters on the other. They go back and forth. Um, Troy throws Nick up into the ceiling and then pulls him down. This rips off Nick's helmet. Um, Troy kind of comes up, smashes down on Nick. Kaylee gets up behind him, hits him. Uh, in this moment, that's when Nick uses his cutters to cut off one of Troy's hands. They take him, they throw him in a, a cage. So they leave him there. They're back up on the bridge and they're talking about the device, ninth dimensional isotopic matter with an exponential expansion capability. This cannot get back home. Carl easily breaks out of his cage. I mean, and if it has exponential growth capabilities, won't it just grow into the earth? No, like if it gets set off, isn't that the end of everything? Yeah, but it's the start of a new everything. Okay. <laughs> All right. Benjamin played in my so-called life, Ricky Vasquez. He was the first, He in season two, he came out as gay. First openly gay actor to portray an openly gay teen in television. So maybe, I don't, nah, maybe he didn't get AIDS. I thought somebody had AIDS in that show. I thought Jared Leto's character had AIDS. Damn it, now I gotta go down a Jared Leto rabbit hole. Well, that's all right. It's while you're looking that up, I'm able to get through plot. Carl reconnects his hand. Isn't he the best Joker? That Leto. No. No. Attention. Dimensional drive recharge complete. Carl destroys the dimensional stabilization pods. What the fuck? Nick and Evers, they try to hide the object. They use Flyboy to lure Troy into the zero-G pod. Troy follows the, the robot in there. We see Evers controlling it. Troy grabs the robot. He fucking fights it off, grabs the object. It's got a goddamn grenade in it. Boom. Two minutes to dimensional jump. They run to the stabilization pods. Nick looks around. He sees all the damaged units. Sweetie comes in, tells him that the ninth dimensional matter is now responding to the gravity of the blue giant sun. Calculations now suggest that ninth dimensional reaction would spread in all directions of the universe. Supernova would likely reach Earth in 51 years. It could either destroy life on Earth or enable humankind to achieve a new level of existence. Wow, great computation. I could have provided that same amount of detail. 
It'll be Nick realizes the best thing ever, the worst thing ever. <laughs> Good luck. I yeah, I have cr- crippling anxiety. I think that about everything. <laughs> this will be the best pizza pizza I ever have, or I'm dying in a car wreck on the way home. Nick uh, realizes that all but one of the DSUs are destroyed. He orders Kayla to take it. He's going to stay. She says, no, fuck that. We're getting in together. We're going to take the risk. Ninth dimensional matter hits critical mass just as the nightingale makes the dimensional jump. We got blue flashes, reactions, atoms, all that cool space shit. The dimensional jump is complete. They made it but they had a 2% transfer of genetic material that we see. It's just them trading an eye. Yeah. Cool. Eye for an eye, eye for an eye. Oh, you and that's not it. You can't see California without Marlon Brando's eyes. Hell yeah. Crot rockin' Slipknot tonight. Old school, baby. I was doing so fly. We're so close. (laughs) Sweetie tells Kayla, hey, you're also pregnant. Congratulations. Now, was that from them banging earlier or was that from the hyper jump? I think that's from the hyper jump. I take it as it's from the hyper. I mean, (laughs) it could be from from the bang. Well, no, because how would they get approved? She, they banged. They weren't so approved. She had to get. Can you only have a kid if you're approved? I no. took it. I, I don't know. Is there some sort of. Uh, the government's not going to be able to stop you from making love to a woman. Maybe they, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Neutered everybody. I just mm-hmm. thought if you weren't approved and you got pregnant, they probably. Well, maybe they had to your if they were going. Like a China thing? Well, yeah. no, if you're going into space, they don't want. A shitload of mouths to feed because you know you're going to be boning up there. Yeah, I think they're all sterilized. Neutered, yeah. yeah. Neutered? So, you think they're sense. neutered? God yeah, damn, same. that's severe. I, I guess said neutered earlier and I had someone I mean. I mean sterilized. They, I guess that's why they were showing, or something. showing the dongs on screen because yeah. <laughs> it'd be fucking disturbing. Ain't nobody got <laughs> balls, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's from the genetic transfer. Anyway, that was Supernova, directed by Thomas Lee. Wait, what? <laughs> Start this movie over, dude. Uh, in the alternate ending, there is uh, when they arrive. I think there's there's more fill in from Sweetie about um, the Supernova that's coming their way. And there's more discussion about, like, what's going to happen. And it's like, it is 51 years away. It's like, it's much more depressing than this thing. I read a thing where they they had shot four different endings for this movie. Yeah. Real fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to fly. Dan, are you done looking up AIDS? Yeah, I couldn't really find anything on my so-called life. So, uh, listeners, don't hold us to our knowledge of my so-called life. You probably never even fucking heard of it. Why don't don't you hit us with the knowledge you do have, my friend? 
Uh, like I said, I think we pretty much hit everything here, but we will go through and just double check. Supernova directed our two from the year 2000, directed by Walter Hill, Francis Ford Coppola, Jack Schroeder, uh, Thomas. What was it? Lee. Thomas Lee, I think, Thomas. is the pseudonym that they threw on there, right? Yes, that is a pseudonym that was out at the time during the movie because Walter Hill wanted nothing to do with it. I think they um, also at this point said, like, uh, what's the other name? Alan Smiley? Alan Smiley, yeah, something like Smithy that. Smiley was like, had become too popular. So this was the first movie where they threw Thomas Lee on in there. it. Yep. Uh, released January 14th of 2000. Uh, budget is between 60 to $90 million. A box office of $14.8 million. Um, it's all up there on the screen. So <laughs> I watched, I've seen this movie before. This was a big rental. Like, I know that we rented this movie. So, early two thousand. I can think yeah. of a few spots where you were probably pausing. <laughs> uh, no, take it. Rewind a little. You can totally see his hog. I'm telling yeah. you. Look in the reflection. But, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it. Most of it is about how Walter Hill walked off and then Coppola took over for the re- uh reshoots and he walked off and then they brought in uh jack schroeder there to finish it all up but yeah i mean walter hill did say that he pretty much hated everything about it but uh spader did a great job and that was probably the only plus of the movie so yeah that's about it i think we we kind of kind of nailed it all right, what do you guys uh, want to do? Let's let's rate my letterbox. Let's get this out of the way, and then I think we got a a, a lot of discussion. Yeah, sound good. Time to play uh, Titan Thirty Seven's favorite game, Michigan's favorite new game. Rate my box. We love you, Michigan. Hit us up, Dan. Would you like to go first? Gentlemen, Supernova from the year 2000, directed by Walter Hill, Francis Ford Coppola, Jake Schroeder, Jack Schroeder. Um, at the time of our review for Supernova, the letterbox user rating is sitting at a 2.1. Bones, I am going to give you a 2.0. Cron Howard, I'm giving you. I'm going to give you a 1.5. I'm going to go. Yeah, Bones 2.0, Dan 1.5. I'll give you both 1.5. Uh, 
90 million dollars is a lot of money the camera wouldn't stop shaking. I did not do a second watch of this. I'm sorry, Bones. Um, Spader's good for the amount that we get to see him. I think we got an all right villain here with what Troy, was that his name in their movie? He goes by Troy, but he's actually called James Larson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got a good villain there. Um, I, I, like I said at the beginning, if you have Walter Hill and Francis Ford Coppola walking out, then something is wrong. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a one point five for me. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's the camera wouldn't stop moving. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Supernova, directed by Thomas Lee. Uh, I mean, where to begin with this thing? Uh, as Dan said, the camera does not stop moving. It just spins around and around. Uh, Dutch angle into non-matching Dutch angle. Um, none of the logic of the movie makes any sense. Like, at one point, Carl gets stabbed, which seems to hurt him a lot. And then he gets shot in the face eight times, which does nothing. Um, I don't know. There's just, uh, there's no part of this that works on any level. Um, it costs $90 million. Uh, honestly, I'm not entirely convinced that this isn't some kind of like tax dodge or money laundering scheme that was committed to film. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I really think this is probably the worst movie we've watched on this podcast. Damn. I'm giving this a 1.0. <laughs> thing is obviously a mess. Um, Kron, did you watch it twice? No. <laughs> I I couldn't get through this thing once almost. I mean, the funnest part of watching this was that uh, Bones and I were basically at like the same minute marker on Monday night and texting through the last half of it was what kept me going. Um, yeah, this thing's obviously a mess, but I'm, I want to be fair to the creatives on this, right? Like I want to give them benefit of the doubt. I would love to know what the original script was. I would like to really see or have seen Hill's interpretation of that, his adaptation of that. But this, obviously, this is like just studio meddling all the way through, right? Um, oh, yeah. I did notes on my first watch. Because like you guys, I was I had seen this not too long ago, so I was a little nervous about being miserable. But in what I I knew I had to watch it again, and just sitting and kind of taking it in on its base level, there is a story there, there is action there, there is 
it's a miracle that this thing exists with all of the trials and tribulations that they went through. So I wanted to be a little bit more forgiving because I think Spader's really good. Bassett's really good. You're not really giving the greatest character stuff to your supporting actors. And I don't think anybody's bad. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to play a little kind to this one and I'm going to go right over the plate at a 2.5. It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I could, I can absolutely see if I had just watched it the once, maybe a 1.5 or a two, but just, just sitting without having to pause and do notes and just grind through 90 minutes. I was like, this isn't, like I said, it's an absolute miracle that this thing exists. And I, I kind of just wonder like what, if you just had what Walter Hill shot, could you assemble that into something? If you finish the VFX, like there's obvious weird interchanging. Ah, Well, let's, let's see what the final thing is. Cause (laughs) Hopefully, I kept it from being super low, but. All right, guys. Uh, Supernova would have an average score from the three of us of 1.67. This would land at number 89 out of 94 on the big list. (laughs) This would currently be setting right below Nothing But Trouble at 88 and right above Army of the Dead at 90. Do you think if we rewatched Army of the Dead, it would be better? No. Like, do you do you see any? No. Somebody was talking the other day about how they, a coworker was like, "Oh, I watched that Army of the Dead. It was so good." I'm like, I'm not even gonna get started. I left. <laughs> I don't think it would Cron- be better. Do you like Nothing But Trouble more than Supernova? Here's what I'll say, because uh, I thought about <laughs> hear it. I thought about that when I said this is the worst movie. I, I guess what I would say is like, considering the budget that they had and what the end product was, I do think this is like objectively the worst movie we've covered. Just because it's like you spent that much and this was the end product that you got out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nothing but trouble, I think, to me, offends me more as a film viewer. Like, I find the, uh, like, I feel like that movie is making fun of me for, like, enjoying movies. So, Nothing but trouble is a more offensive experience. But I do think Supernova is, like, from all aspects, a worse film. Yeah. Dan, does it just boggle your mind the way... It does me like Kron of all people and nothing but trouble. Just it seems like is fun. It's perfect for Kron and it's no, it's not odd. It's so odd. No, the whole thing is it's a fun movie. This guy has a dick nose. That's the entire film. (laughs) That's not the entire film. It is. I think we need to rewatch it. No. Kron, you want some rate my letterbox scores? I do. I will say this. Nothing but trouble is better than Supernova. Yeah, absolutely. I am ready for scores. 
All right, Dan got a one. Kron, you and I got 1.5. All right. After this round, Dan still leading the pack with a 10.5, but not too far behind. Me and Bones tied for second with a 10.0. All right. All right, dudes, any final thoughts on Supernova? I mean, you said... (sighs) It's a mess. It's a miracle. It's a, a disappointing <laughs> squander of ninety million dollars. Um, I totally agree with you, Kron. It's 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 a worse offense that you have ninety million dollars and this is your final product compared to something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation, you know, mm-hmm. which is made for a fraction of that, you know. Yeah. Um. I I wish this wasn't the first time. Uh, the first movie that we brought Spader to the podcast, but maybe that's a good thing that we got this piece of shit out of the way. And I mean, it's, it's gotta be all uphill from here for Spader, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. Um, well guys, it's the end of direction erection, the films of Walter Hill. And at the end of every category, we play a game. Dan, this was your category. Would you like to go first or last? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. I think I'm I'm marrying extreme prejudice. I am. I guess I'm gonna fuck Streets of Fire, and I'm I'm killing Supernova. I think that's exactly where I'd land. I. I would guess Bones would be the same, but we'll find out. Oh, absolutely. This is the, is this the truest consensus of any category? Fuck, Mary kill we've ever had. Yeah. It's gotta be. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds yeah, it's, right. It, it's easy. You marry extreme prejudice, you fuck streets of fire and you fucking blow supernova out the airlock. So how are we feeling overall? about Walter Hill. I mean, we didn't cover his whole filmography, of course, but no, I mean, I, I do think the guy is just kind of a messy director and sometimes that really works for the best. Like the guy can do a complicated plot or, you know, something that is kind of off the beaten path, but still make it work. Um, I don't know, but you know, it's kind of one of those things where, it feels like he's either going to knock it out of the park or it's going to be like a, you know, a line drive out to third. You know, it's just, it's all or nothing almost. So, um, but certainly like guy's got his own voice, does his own thing. Um, respectable director for sure. I think honestly, had he not directed the Warriors, I feel confident that you could say he's he's a journeyman director considering the movies that he has made. Like Extreme Prejudice definitely stands out and Streets of Fire is definitely a passion project for him. But 48 Hours, Brewster's Millions, Bullet to the Head, like these these are really movies that could have been directed by anybody. Um, and, you know, is, is 48 Hours a smash because of him? No, not at all. Is Eddie Murphy. 
right? I mean, forty-eight hours is a weird one for me. Yeah. I I think it's Walter Hill, though. I think Walter Hill could only do that one because forty-eight hours is way fucking harsher than what you realize. I think because you you're expecting buddy comedy like funny funny, but there's some like there's some hardcore shit in that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. But I but that's not what people remember 48 yeah. hours for you know I mean they it's 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 Eddie they remember and, the cowboy bar or yeah shit like that so um but yeah I think he's a capable guy I wish it wouldn't have fallen off like it did you know I wish he didn't have this on his resume you know I wish he would have made something you know between last man standing and now that would have would have kept him afloat a little bit, but he probably he could just easily aged out and tired out of it. And this might've been the last time he wanted a dick with a big studio, you know, he's, he still works, but I think just come mid eighties, he just turns into journeyman in a way. And, and that, nothing really sticks as like, Oh, that's a Walter Hill movie after that. If you look at the, the latter half of his career, you're like, he fucking did that. He did that. So it's it's kind of a it's a little bit of a bummer, but I think he's got such a strong former half to his career that that he deserves some praise. So I I love you Walter Hill. Yeah. I Say mean, it back now. <laughs> I love you too, Bones. Thank you, Walter. I mean, I definitely will say that I have a direction erection for Walter Hill. That's that's all I can say. Okay. Even after Supernova. Even after Supernova, yes. And I'll tell you this, I'm going to I'm going to add a direction erection into my future Please. selections. Yeah. I hope the both of you will. I think it would be a nice staple to the You're such a 5-day rental. Man. You're such like an ideas man, you know. Yeah, you know, I try. You spit out an idea Kron kind of fucks it up a little bit, and then I, 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 I fix it. That's that's how this podcast works. You are the spark that lights the flame. Kron is the fart that blows the flame further, <laughs> and I am the blanket which saves that the town. Puts it all out. <laughs> Guys, let's get out of here. That's the end of Direction Erection. Thank you, Dan. For Kron Howard, for Laundry Dan, come back after the showers. Kron's going to reveal our next category, but that is not what you'll hear next week. What you will hear next week, baby, Thunder in Paradise, episodes six and seven. I'm announcing it. I'm putting him on blast. Greg Uh from the Weekly Podcast Massacre will be joining us first time on 5DR outside of a fucking mega colossal fuck up that was the 90s draft. So we're excited. We love Craig. Hell yeah. Um, I'll call him George four or five times during the show. It's nothing personal, Craig. I'm sorry. But yeah, we return to Thunder in Paradise. But come back. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Crash and burn. Which, by the way, was used in this film as well. Wait, what? Yep, Angela Bassett says it pretty much at the very beginning. Uh, add a point five to my score, Dan. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody, to the Five Day Rentals Podcast. This is the after shower segment. We're going to find out what the next category has in store for us. And guys, do I have a category for you? Oh, yes. Cannot wait. Best part of the show. You got good categories, dude. All right. I've already, uh, pre-spun a dice and flipped a coin and done random number generator. I've come up with our next category. Oh, fuck. I forgot to do like a little bit. Um, Hey, why did we all have to share the same shower? Just because they shared a pot in the movie, Dan? Is that why you? Yeah, now I'm fucking stuck to the shower head. (laughs) Get your fucking laser scalpel. Sorry, Kron. I just... You know, I always got to do a little bit. Yeah. I, so, well, and I, I wish Dan Hannah insisted that he share 2% of his DNA with both of us. Yeah. Nah, or at least like let that. me choose the 2%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, enough of that nonsense. <laughs> our next category honors one of our oldest and dearest. Recurring guests. Oh, God. Probably just in name alone. Because this category is called Nate Hands or Feet. Here's how it works. Your movie has to have something to do with the physical body. Could be body horror. Could not be body horror. But there has to be some element of the plot that deals with someone altering a body, changing a body, or just having that as like a driving factor in some way. You just created a lot of work for yourself. (laughs) Why did I create work for myself? I said it's in name alone. Because you're going to get a shit ton of text messages from Dan asking for clarification and myself too. I mean, does okay. that does that plot? I mean, does that kind of setup not make sense? I mean, I was just commenting that you named it Nate Hands or Feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you're gonna have to do that, or um, you're gonna have to call Nate. No, I think he's in jail. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Um, he's not gonna show up on his own category named after him. No, probably. That's not. the that's the fucking poetic tragedy of the whole thing, Dan. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me summarize this back to you to make okay. sure I understand it. Mm-hmm. We are picking a movie in which some sort some sort of alteration to a physical body is represented. Let me throw out some examples that would not be picked. The Fly, that would certainly work. Um, RoboCop, sure. Um, could. Let's say theoretically, hey, in Black Dog, he seals uh, a gunshot wound with gunpowder to cauterize it. He does that. Is that too too much of a stretch? I mean, I guess that'd be okay, but 
it's kind of like I don't want it just to be, you know, a minute of the movie. I want okay. it to kind of drive the plot in some way. So like RoboCop, okay. that'd be a really good example. You know, this guy is like uh, using tech to modify the body or certainly the fly, like something very body horror centric. Okay. But guys, yes, Dan. Pregnancy. I, if it's like a driving element, sure. Yeah, dude. Pick Junior. <laughs> I did not go body horror with my selection. The movie I have picked out is from 1996. It is called Vibrations. This movie is available in full on YouTube, which is the only place that I have found it publicly available. Uh, this is directed by Michael Passerneck, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, and essentially, it is a musician who loses both of his hands and gets robot hands. Christina yes, Applegate. Mm-hmm. James Marshall. Uh, I do think just predictions for the future. This might be a little closer to the supernova end of the list than okay <laughs> than the higher portion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Her passion, her courage, together, redemption is the best revenge. That's correct, Dan. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I got to rush to watch this in case us three watching it this weekend trigger it to be fucking pulled down. Yeah, we'll hope this doesn't. I think there are two separate versions on YouTube, so hopefully we we can each get a viewing in some way. All right. But this uh, this has oh, been shit. up on YouTube since I made this category, which was a very long time ago. So not too terribly concerned this gets pulled down, but okay, you never know. James Marshall is in down a Dick Moss movie. Mm-hmm. Don't mention that. That might be on a future list. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so there you guys go. Vibrations from 1996. All Our right. first selection for Nate Hands or Feet. All right. Thank you, Kron. Can't wait to see what you guys bring to this category. It's going to be tough. It's gonna, this, is, this, is a, this is expansive. I got some ideas. Yeah, I think I got one too. Um, all right. We calling it? I think that's it. I think that's it too. Dan, do you concur? I concur. Okay. And I think with that, say something, Kron. Cyber Christ lives. Go fucking iceberg. I'm blazing hazing. Oh, shit. (laughs) I knew you were seeming cooler these days. Oh, I'd be penetrating as soon as I got out there, dude.